0: Hey everybody, this is Davis with Con Freaks and Geeks, and I would like to welcome you to another episode of Pop Culture Gems. This is a series where we talk to amazing creators, artists, cosplayers, voice actors, and more. If you like the interviews we do uh, with amazing guests, give us a thumbs up and subscribe to our YouTube channel, the CFG channel, or you can listen to it on any podcast services out there. And if you want to check out all the fantastic geeky content in one area, you can always check out our main website, ConFreaksAndGeeks.com, for the whole package. My guest this episode is a beast. In the voice acting world, with over 300 credits under her name, she has played so many memorable roles in gaming and animes. She is the voice of Lucy Hartfellia in Fairy Tale, Asuna. Uh, I'm sorry, Asuna Yuki from Sword Art Online, Makoto Nijima from Persona 5, Persona Royal, Persona Strikers, and the most recently announced series Sakura Shinguji Sakura in Sakura Wars, the animation. But I like to remember her as one of the characters in one of my favorite shows growing up. Little orphan girl in Walker, Texas Ranger. I would like to welcome Jeremy Lee to the show. How are you doing, Jeremy? I am
1: doing well. Thank you so much <laughs> for having me. Also, I, I, when you said I was a beast, I was like, I didn't realize until that moment how much I had always wanted to be called a beast. That was like <laughs> so exciting for me. So thank you.
0: Oh, you're very, very welcome. I just <laughs> love it. That's that's what's gonna have to be in your like your your biography on like behind the voice uh, yeah. behind the voices. Will be like share me beast. <laughs> that will be, be awesome. Sure,
1: great, love it. I'm all
0: about it. <laughs> that's awesome. So I'm, I'm hoping you. I'm glad you're having. A, I hope you're having a great day. I hope everything is going straight with you. Yeah,
1: absolutely. <laughs> you as well. I know it's quite cold where you are.
0: Uh, yeah, and uh, like I said earlier It's like a- AC broke, so that's my luck uh, So hopefully get that fixed soon <laughs> <laughs> We start oh, seeing, boy.
1: you know, it like air coming out uh, of your mouth You're like, no, 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 I'm not on location This is not a green screen of indoors and I'm recording outside This is just how cold it is in my apartment this is right just now
0: just how fun it is This is like <laughs> a scenario in like phasmophobia or something I don't know Oh but...
1: <laughs> man, it's keeping us on our toes, always
0: Always, always. But let's get let's get right into it, man. Uh, so uh, I always say this uh, with asking this for, uh, uh, the first question for everybody. Like, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, uh, who is Jeremy Lee?
1: Oh no, I feel like that is a that is a lifelong <laughs> journey and pursuit to find out like who you are, and it's constantly changing. Um, <laughs> uh, I I have been an actor since I was uh, five professionally. Um, and I have always wanted to be an actor for as long as I can remember. So that's been a big part of my life, um, enjoying the business, being, I would say, probably a little bit obsessed with learning everything I possibly can about all aspects of the business. I love this industry. I'm fascinated by this industry. Um which people say, you're a little bit of a workaholic. And I'm like, well, when your passion and your hobby and the thing that you love to do is your job, then yeah, you got to find ways to to break that up. Um, I love spending time with my family, um, which has been a little hard in this current situation, but I'm very, very close with my family. Um, I love uh, meditating, doing yoga, dancing, um, creating, I'm currently, this is something that I started doing, um, it, during quarantine, um, because I have always wanted to do this and I, I enjoy doing it. Uh, but I've never had the time or I've never made the time. So now I'm making the time to build tiny little, uh, doll houses and little miniature things. Oh, so wow. that has become a very strange new hobby that I have, <laughs> uh, picked up in, uh, quarantine as well.
0: A strange new hobby. Is that, is, is, when you say that, it kind of reminds me of—I don't know if you remember. Uh, there's a, the the arts and crafts stores like Michaels and stuff yes. in the back. They had those weird, creepy doll houses yep. and stuff totally. in the back.
1: Um, I mine have been. I've ordered these like little uh, kits, and you can make a tiny little greenhouse or a tiny little coffee shop. Um, I didn't realize the intricacy. Like I have to cut out little leaves and glue the little leaves together on this wire. I mean, oh, wow. it's going to take a long time till it's done. But I just, I love little tiny things.
0: <laughs> it, I mean, hey, I guess that's, it's meant to take time, I guess, you know. To keep I it. guess, just the, like a, patience. Just like a 5,000-piece puzzle or something, yeah. you know. It's always I mean, be I something. guess it's
1: probably some sort of strange metaphor for life in that, You will see the finished product, but it's going to take a lot of patience, a lot of diligence. You got to like push through things, maybe not working out one day and just know it's not not every piece is going to be perfect. But at the end, you're going to have a beautiful little project that you created uh, that you can look at and enjoy. Uh, But it is not easy all the time.
0: Well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it just sounds kind of, it sounds, kind it sounds kind of fun though. Like, I mean, when you're building stuff like that, you know, so I can easily, it makes sense. It makes yeah, sense. I'm I was, you a I was like
1: watching, that. uh, watching a football game a couple weeks ago. And, uh, when things were getting a little dicey during the football game, I was like, I'm going to go make little tiny things of wire to distract <laughs> myself. And then I'll have the game in the background and then I'll go back and watch the game when things don't give me so much stress. So, uh, <laughs> <Fair enough. laughs> it's been an interesting, <laughs> interesting process.
0: Oh, okay. You're not like a Cowboys fan or anything like that, are you? Like,
1: you um, know. I am a Packers fan. My dad oh, okay. is from Wisconsin, and my mom uh, and he met when she went to college at University of Wisconsin Madison. But I grew up in Dallas, uh, mm-hmm. so I would say the Cowboys are probably my number two team. I got to perform uh, at a couple uh, halftime shows for the Cowboys at like Thanksgiving. The halftime show, in my studio would go dance on on the on the field uh oh, so cool. i i think they would have to be my number two team because of that
0: no okay fair enough fair fair enough well like uh well before voice acting uh you were like a radio dj on radio disney for a while yeah. and uh were you a disney kid growing up or or and uh if if so like what was your top did you have a top three
1: absolutely i was a disney kid um i i remember auditioning for radio Disney and, and being a, a kid DJ, we got to go in and do promos and, um, do all these things. And then I did get to have my own show when I was 19. Um, so oh, wow. certainly growing up with the company. Um, and I, I mean, I've, I've worked for the company radio Disney, um, as a station is unfortunately, uh, coming to an end, um, oh, really? uh, later this month, uh, it was a casualty of the pandemic, unfortunately. Um, oh, but I was in the first commercial when they launched the station. I was one of the first voices on the air for the station. And I've stayed with them um, throughout its entire uh, existence, which is really, really cool. Um, and, of course, I was a Disney kid. I, I love Disney. Um, I I would say even more than being a Disney kid and loving the movies, I've been such a fan of uh the creativity of walt disney and what he was able to create and and mm. that that legacy is very very interesting and could not have been easy um oh yeah favorite movies um my mom well, said you think the about first it, though. one i saw in theaters was ariel um oh yes you said when you think about what
0: Oh, I was just, sorry. Yeah, when I think about oh, it, yeah. it's kind of like the mixture with like what Di- what Disney built. It was kind of like uh, there was an awesome documentary I actually watched about about like Walt Disney and and stuff. But then you see the behind the scenes of him, and like he was basically a visionary, kind of like Steve yeah. Jobs visionary kind of levels. And uh, but it it was also kind of with the strong help of his brother as well, yeah. like uh Roy Roy Disney. And I'm just like. That is like, who would have thought that this scenario of a guy who like from the south decides to to make this kind of contribution to like history, like you know, yeah. movie history? It's in, it's incredible. So, well,
1: and it's yeah. amazing just with the Imagineers and with his his brother. You would mm-hmm. think if I mean you're Disney that that would foster like, and I'm sure it did to a certain degree, but a need to control everything. And and he mm-hmm. seemed to be very open with. I know this is not my expertise, so I'm going to find people and give them the place to um, give their creativity, give me these ideas. I, like you said, ha- have this vision and I need these people to execute it with their skill set, which is uh, really great to be able to have that ability to, um, to delegate and just mm-hmm. be open and give them a space to create. Uh, but as far as my favorite movies, it's really hard. The first movie my mom said I saw in theaters was Ariel. And she mm-hmm. thought I was not going to be able to sit through the whole movie. She said, I enjoyed it, but I really was not a fan of Ursula, uh, which mm. has a deeper meaning now that when I lose my voice, wow. it is a really dark time for me and my job. <laughs> um, so I guess Ariel would have to be uh, up there as a, as a notable film. Um, man. Man favorite growing up as a kid i loved mary poppins i would quote mary poppins all the time um the the weird lines that my family was like where is she getting this from uh and um i well okay so my 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 favorite disney princess for the longest time was Belle. so those would be my my top three growing up
0: with uh, Beauty and the Beast? Yeah, Beauty and the Beast. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know it's funny. Like I've never seen Beauty and the Beast. I've... Really? <laughs> yeah, I like. I don't know how I missed it, but that was one of the like. I mean, I like Disney. I love Disney afternoons sure. and stuff. But the but like for some reason when when people tell me it's like let uh about the movies that came in the early nineties like Aladdin. Little Mermaid, Hercules, all those different ones. Somehow I skipped that one. <laughs> but, I mean, but, look, uh, it's,
1: there's so many films. That, uh, that's been one of the things that uh, has been really interesting about Disney Plus is I'll go, um, I don't remember this movie. Like, I'm sure I saw it. But as a yeah. child, it just didn't imprint. Uh, so that's that's been fun to get to catch up and see what I missed. And also, when you see things as a kid, and then watch it as an adult, you, you experience the movie so differently. So that's always an interesting process.
0: Cause you know, cause uh, you kind of, you get now, now you're cultured and you have ideas of what's happening. It's very funny. I I did not, my
1: mom and I were talking and she goes, I watched Pinocchio the other day and that is a terrifying movie. And I was like, well, it was always terrifying. And she was like, see, I didn't get that before. I was like, no, I was always horrified mom. It like, (laughs) <laughs> the idea that if i made a mistake i could go to like a terrible island of children that were bad that's that's terrible i mean the
0: the whole scenario of pinocchio was pretty freaky because dark. it's like yeah, yeah yeah it was very dark well first like let's like does anyone talk about the fact that the that that the woodmaker was made a doll uh, just to have a kid because he, yeah, was so he was so lonely yeah i mean like come on
1: it's <laughs> heartbreaking
0: yeah, that's a level of something that, that has not been opened up yet, and then uh, and yeah, then on, t- yeah, on top of that, it's like you know the orphanage, the lying, then the then it's the whale. It's like there's a lot of series of unfortunate events that happened it's in that a movie. A
1: lot to process, and for a kid to process on top of it is just <laughs> immense.
0: Oh my god! Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Oh yeah, but I yeah the one I just know the one movie I know I always will love, but I think it's really underrated Is a Goofy movie. It's like that one is just so slick. (laughs) I just
1: love it. I got to meet uh, the voice actor who plays Max in a Goofy movie. Oh my gosh! A couple um, years ago at Dragon Con. Uh, Jason, yeah yes. uh, he is such a cool dude and I've been a fan of his work for the longest time and um, we were at Dragon Con and we got put on a panel together and he sat next to me and I was talking about a cartoon that I loved as a kid which was Gummy Bears and then he said I was actually in Gummy Bears and I was like huh, I what? love you <laughs> even more now this is so cool um, and he could not have been a kinder, more like friendly, just so accepting, so welcoming, uh, uh, just a delightful person. And he, he signed and he signed an autograph for my husband who couldn't be there, uh, that weekend. Cause oh, I was wow. like, my husband is such a fan of yours and I got to meet you and he's going to be devastated that he didn't get to meet you. Uh, so he was yes. so kind, and he signed an autograph for my husband, which is right here on that our so wall. Awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Such a wow! That's yeah, that's a crazy, that's an awesome story. There, yeah. great, <laughs> but, uh, great guy. Uh, well, <laughs> awesome. Well, some of the fandoms uh from uh, from some of the characters you played are in, are surreal. Just to be short, sure. uh, since uh, you played a lot of memory, like you know, memorable characters, was there a fandom of some that caught you by surprise?
1: Well, I mean, it's it's interesting. I when I started working at Funimation and I auditioned for Peach Girl, I understood anime as being uh Pokemon, Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z. I didn't know that mm-hmm. there that was just like a drop in the bucket. And so I was like, this kind of looks like anime but it's not one of those three shows. And um I have now gotten to work in all three of those uh fandoms in all three of those uh worlds um in some small capacity uh which is amazing um and to to get to be a part of sailor moon when i when i watched it that was the first anime that i can remember watching i i played pokemon cards with my brother uh as something fun that we could do on saturdays at like comic book shops and borders and that kind of stuff Um, and I know way back in the day, (laughs) uh, when, when bookstores used to be a thing, uh, so I, and my husband loves Pokemon and, and and the games and, and all of that stuff. So it's been really surreal to get to be a part of that when I was a viewer and I was somebody, um, consuming the content as a child. And now I'm on the production side of things. In a different uh, context, I mean, when I started working um, on Boruto and I found out that I was going to be playing Sarada, I was really intimidated because um, I wasn't as familiar with uh, the Naruto world. I obviously knew of Naruto and I knew a little bit, but there were so many episodes. The universe is so dense with content and information. And now I'm playing a legacy character uh there's e- even more pressure to know all of this series and all of these little secrets and I was Amanda and Robbie and I all had this conversation of saying we don't want to upset the fans and we don't want to um, you know not not be no pressure. The, the legacy <laughs> yeah uh, that, that they would hope for And so we we did as much research as we could, but I think the very first time they they uh, the viz team, brought us out to San Francisco for the day. We, they announced us on um, a, a podcast and we were like bracing to see how the fandom would respond. And they were so kind and so welcoming and so supportive as has every fandom. Um, and, and I thought this is amazing. This is a, a way that I can kind of like jump in and then learn as I go. And um, I feel like there's a lot of pressure as an actor and that we put on ourselves as people to be perfect and get everything right and do all the right things um, or, or people will get mad at us. And the one thing that has been true for uh, I think anime and video games as, as a whole in my personal experience has been while I feel like I should be perfect or they're going to get mad, um, for the most part, everybody has said, do the best that you can. We're just happy. Bring, bring your knowledge. Learn as you go. We're just excited that you're excited about what we love. Uh, which has been constantly proven to me over and over again. But I still uh, get so anxious and so nervous and feel so much pressure wanting to deliver the absolute best for these fans who have been so loyal and devoted to their favorite franchise and their favorite series. And they're, for the most part, uh, always so, so kind and supportive.
0: And I'm actually surprised. I was, I was thinking about that. Like, I didn't really think about it this way, though, too, because like the, the, some of the roles that you've done, you said like, like you know, like you said Boruto, that was kind of big shoes to fill because yeah. it's the next generation of something that's yeah. been around for over ten years. Like, I didn't even think there was that le- that level of pressure that or that you would have that kind of level of pressure for some of these uh, for some of these characters. Like, was that the There's, same kind of situation when you were in, when you were doing Sailor Moon or anything yes, like that? Yes. Too? Uh,
1: I mean, I think even if it's a show that's, um, just a quick 12 episode show, I, I had a director, um, I, I loved working on the show and I've said, you know, I know, um, uh, I know, I know some actors will say like, well, it's not like a huge legacy title. It's really hard to really delve into the universe because it's over in a blip and you feel like you're missing so much and they wish there was more. And uh, I remember talking to the director and I said, I'm just like loving this character. I never get to play a character like this. And he said, we have to go into every project, be it a 12 episode series or something that goes for 300 plus episodes, uh, like a fairy tale, like a Sailor Moon. Um, Every series is someone's favorite series. And you've got to give mm-hmm. 110%, even for that one person, that this is their all-time favorite show, because they deserve to have a dub um, or or for a game, to have a game with somebody that truly cares and gave 110% for them. Uh, with Salem, it was terrifying. Um, I was terrified to audition, because there was so much <laughs> pressure, because um, I... Thought as long as I don't audition and the email sits in my inbox, there's a possibility that I could still be in the show. But as soon Mm -hmm. as I audition, it's out of my hands. And if they don't think I'm a right fit, then that's kind of where it ends. Uh, Luckily, they thought I was a good fit. And I'm incredibly honored and humbled by that decision. Um, And I remember my first session, I just had to do an eye catch where I think it was a Sailor V eye catch since she shows up later in the show. And I think all I had to say was Sailor V. And then they were going to have me do some bonus um, background incidental voices for that first session. And I was like, this is so much pressure because I watched this growing up and there are voices that came before us and people loved this and grew up with this. I loved this and grew up with this. And the last thing you want to do is have someone say, really, this is the choice. This ruins my whole life. Um, And the director said, hey, just so you know, um, this is the note that came back from the creator of Sailor Moon in Japan. She approved all of your voices. And this is what she said about you. And uh, and so apparently she had said she heard me slate my name and say, share Lee. And she's like, and I had done a callback for um, Sailor Moon. So she heard my Sailor Moon audition. And just from me saying my name, she said, that's Sailor Venus. I don't want to hear anybody else. That's Sailor Venus. I don't know where I was in the stack, but... Uh, once I kind of went, okay, if I've got the stamp of approval from the creator, as we all got the stamp of approval from the creator, there's even more pressure, but there's also kind of like a little, a little hug and a little embrace. (laughs) It's like, I'm sending you on your way with my blessing. Go, go forth.
0: Yeah, no kidding. That's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. Wow. That is amazing. Uh, and um and you've done like a ton of work in gaming. Um, do you ever play any of the games that you that you've ever like, you know, done roles in at all?
1: I do. Uh I well, look, I, I will play a little <laughs> bit of every game. I, I get very excited. I start the games. And then uh, another game will come out. And I'm like, oh, I got to yeah. start this one. You put that one on the shelf. Uh, it's how I read books as well. That's That was my goal for 2021 is to actually like finish a book in its entirety.
0: I had um, to stop on that. I had to use switch to audiobooks. books right? Yeah, I, I can just keep on making like, oh, it's I have a stack by my bed. Yes. <laughs> and you get another
1: book. You're like, oh, this looks so amazing. I'll put this one over here. And then you have, you have a stack of books to choose from. That was how mm-hmm. my, my gaming uh, – My gaming world worked. I have a stack of games to choose from. Where do I want to jump in? Um, uh, So actually, my my husband was saying uh, earlier this year, he was like, I love watching TV. I love hanging out with you. But I would love to do like board games or video games or something. And uh, people have said, why don't you stream or play games like online? And um, I'm not that great at mm. uh i'm not a very proficient gamer i enjoy it but i'm not
0: amazing like a casual gamer. yeah
1: uh yeah. and so because there are so many great gamers um and i feel like there's a still unfortunately a stigma it's getting better uh but if you're not a great gamer and you're a female that in mm. in some for some audiences they're like see girls aren't gamers and i never want to be perpetuating that stigma for other female gamers that are amazing. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, I will play casually by myself and I will uh, make my mistakes where no one can see. Uh, but my husband was like, we'll we'll practice and we'll play. So we've been uh, playing Cyberpunk 2077 um, oh, yeah. and we've been playing uh, um, Persona 5. Uh, Persona 5 Strikers is obviously um, pre-ordered. Um, I have <laughs> Fire Emblem Heroes on my phone, which is a, a great way to casually get, uh, like you know, check into the the Fire Emblem universe on your phone. Um, and then uh, I have three houses that I haven't finished, but I have played a little bit. I um, uh, played a little bit of The Last of Us, um, trying to trying to see what is on the wow. uh, the stack that I You're really on
0: the finished. big stack list right there. In yeah, general. I I mean I wow. I
1: love to, and then I play. Um, I, When I started working at Funimation, um, I was like, "Wait, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy a DS." That was like my first, one of my first big, big girl purchases. Um, I was like, "I have a job. I'm gonna buy a DS." So uh, I bought a DS, and I, I remember I loved playing the Lego games, specifically um, uh, Lego Pirates of the Caribbean, and that is still a very nostalgic uh, game gameplay situation for me. Uh, We've we've played. uh, Mario Party. Um, my husband's great at Super Smash Brothers. I am not great at Super Smash Brothers. Uh, but yeah. it's hard when you work in games to not want to play them, at least just to hear what everybody else voices, sounds like in them. Because yeah. uh, I rarely get to hear the other actors that I'm interacting with. It, usually I come in, I just hear um, the, the reference if we're doing a dub, um, or I get to talk to the director and he'll read with me uh, so it's great to get to actually hear my friends and colleagues and their performance and hear it all together. So if I can't awesome. play all of the game, it's fun to just like get a little a little snippet in there.
0: I mean, well, I mean, well, uh, well, just let the listeners know that I know you play. You also did the voice of uh, is it V from Cyberpunk? I, I never yeah. I haven't played Cyberpunk twenty seven seven yet because I'm waiting for for uh, my new computer and stuff. But sure, yeah, yeah, but like, uh, yeah, so you're playing a game that has that's hundreds of hours then persona alone because like uh we did a review on persona on our site and uh that took i think 200 hours just to beat like everything completely yes. and yeah it's it's insane which by the way i will have to say that's one of my favorites uh uh that am because so uh, I, I always loved uh, the makoto, makoto makoto the character makoto she was such, I, I hated her initially, but she got, she got, she, 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 she warmed my heart a little bit later on. So I'll give it that. I, but, uh, what I yeah. love
1: about that character and it was something that I, um, when they, when I got brought in to do, uh, persona, I didn't know who they had me in mind for and they were explaining all the characters to me. And I was like, man, every single one of these characters is a really cool character. They each have yeah. their very clear identity, and what a what a great uh, what a great smorgasbord of characters to <laughs> choose from. This is awesome. Um, and with Makoto, I just there's something about Makoto that I really connected with. In school, I was terrified to get in trouble. I mm-hmm. always wanted to do the right thing. I was very anxious, very uptight, very high strung, and All I still. Yeah, yeah, all the rules. If I follow mm-hmm. all the rules, I won't get in trouble. And I, I, nobody will think that, I, that I'm bad. Um, and so and I still am trying to get over that, like, people-pleasing need to be perfect. Because mm-hmm. um, it's, it's an impossible goal to attain. Uh, and what I loved about Makoto is she was very much that. Everything was black and white. And then as you play the game, she starts to kind of see the world in color. And that Mm -hmm. maybe everything is not as clear cut as she has been taught to believe. And I really loved that journey. And it was definitely something that I could relate to and something like the Phantom Thieves that she thought were uh, just the worst. Maybe they (laughs) were actually not. And maybe it was just from the lens that she had been taught to view them or taught to view things. So I really enjoyed that journey.
0: I love that, like in Persona, because Persona, I've, I've only played like a couple of them. I'm not really familiar with the Persona world, but sure. when I was playing Persona Five, I just couldn't help but think, like, man, these teenagers have a lot of issues. <laughs> like, like, you know, I mean, like, I mean, the you're right. I mean, these people, these characters, all the characters have like the the introductions of all your characters have like really in depth stories behind yeah. each and every one of them, and it's like. I'm- my confused god <laughs> with
1: anime and video games like are their parents just cool that they're gone all the time like i don't i, know, right? I don't know if my parents would be like hey where are you we haven't Have seen ever been you in Japan?
0: days Yes. Are, oh, okay. So I mean, like, I mean, it's like the safest place. So I can, yeah. I'm a, one of my things is just like, I'm just assuming, well, no one's going to, nothing's going to happen. We might as well yeah. just let them do whatever they want to do. Just totally. think, make sure they do their schoolwork. You know, I don't know. Yeah. But, I, don't, uh, I don't
1: think, I don't think my, my parents were, were very much, um, you know, they set, they set boundaries, but of course, mm-hmm. like I said, I was a kid who was like, I must stay out of trouble. So they didn't <laughs> really have to worry about that with me. Um, mm-hmm. but they were, they were very chill, very supportive parents were happy with me doing whatever I wanted to do. They did set clear boundaries and I knew what those were. Uh, but even that, I don't think that my parents would have been like, uh, it's been three days. Are you alive? Cool, just checking <laughs> in. I don't think they would have been that hands off ever.
0: You know what? Uh, the one thing I've always wondered though too, was also like the student council. Like how much power does the student council have in a high right? school? You yeah, know? yeah like, of course. But, yeah. Cause like your character, your introduction of your character is that your principal is t- saying you need to lead the investigation of who yes. they, they fit up these are. It's like, are you a detective now? Like, like are you mean, part of the I police? I think
1: the biggest, the biggest <laughs> responsibility my student council had, at least that I, I was aware of, was like, we got to pick a T-shirt design for our class that year. Like, I don't, we never got to like solve crimes uh, I think I might have been a more active member of the student council had that been the case.
0: <laughs> that would be like, wow, you, you get to do what? <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm in, guys. Let's do it.
0: Let's do it. Oh, man. So, uh, you came into voice acting at a really incredible time. Um, like, professional anime voice acting was just starting and starting slowly, and uh, more and more shows started to come uh, stateside. Like, I mean, you basically were there at the beginning of the growth of Funimation, essentially, right? Like, maybe not. At the instant, but more like three or four years after it was established. After uh, DBT, yeah, it right?
1: it might have been a little bit a little bit after that. Um, I mm-hmm. started. Uh, I don't know actually when Funimation started recording. I I believe there was one building before uh, where the, one studio that they were recording at before. Uh, I mm-hmm. they they got the studio that I started recording at, and now um, the building that they're currently at, which is a massive space. Um, but yeah, it, it was a very interesting time and it's been really exciting and interesting to see how it's grown. Um, I remember when I was in high school, the anime club was just something, I think it was called the the Japanese culture society. Um, (laughs) and they would just watch, (laughs) yeah, you would just watch anime like, you know, on a Thursday once a week, maybe. Um, and now uh, it's, it's amazing to me that you can go to a mall and there's Sailor Moon t-shirts, Dragon Ball Z t-shirts, the new shows that are out. It's on Netflix. It's, it's all over the place. Uh, I remember when I first worked on Peach Girl and um, I thought, this is so cool because I had just graduated from high school. I remember thinking, mm-hmm. am I actually going to get to be an actor for my career? I was going to college, but I was kind of thinking like, is this realistic? Will I continue to work? Because before then I was yes, I was an actor while I was going to school, but it was something that was like a bonus. Like if I didn't book a job, that's fine. But now if I'm counting on it to to pay bills and take care of my family. Um uh, Yeah. Uh so yeah, that was that was a very difficult time. And and right after I graduated from high school, I was 17. And my uh, agent said, I've got an audition for you at this place called Funimation. And uh, I was very intrigued. I went in, worked on Peach Girl, and uh, was having such a great time dubbing. Really enjoyed the process of dubbing. Never had known that was a thing. Um, Zach Bolton was the director. And uh, he was so kind to teach me how to dub and walk me through the process. And I remember after a session, he said, so we're going to send you out to a convention Uh, You'll sign autographs, promote the show, do a panel. We're going to send you to Boston. And Because I was 17, my mom had to come with me, uh, which (laughs) I'm not 17 anymore. My mom or my husband still comes with me because it's nice to have a buddy. Um, And so uh, I I remember getting to Anime Boston and was like, there's like – a vendors hall of all of this anime, and I was buying all of these tiny figures that I just my my threshold at that point of what I purchased was like: is it cute? Do I love it? Yeah. Okay, I had no idea what the characters were from. The cosplay was amazing, and I was uh, I was shocked that people wanted me to sign cards for them and wanted to sign autographs. I'm still every time I go to a convention, like. Well, we'll sit down at this autograph table. We'll see if anybody's here. We'll see what happens. And <laughs> there are people there, and they're so kind and so they're so enthusiastic. And um, it never ceases to surprise me. Um, so, well, like that I said, was you're a beast. Incredible. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm only. I'm only. Uh, as uh, I guess. My my beast like status is only dependent on whether or not people give me the opportunity to work and uh, give me the opportunity to be weird and creative all the time. So I'm very, I'm very thankful for that.
0: Yeah, but like the the way I look at it is this because like uh, like I understand that. I mean, you're doing the dub. You're doing the voiceovers of something that's already existing, sure. especially something that's from Japan. But you're the you're but you. But you're also the voice of a character that no one's a, like. I mean, this is your opportunity. This is your take of what this character is going to be and yeah. what people are may, uh, may be introduced to, especially in anime. Um, because like back in the days, I mean, prior to that, like, I mean, you got like the old school Akira and the uh the old school other shows and stuff that they didn't really take dubbing as serious as what Funimation did. Funimation yeah. was basically Like the kind of the start I mean there was ADV uh, for a little bit with like Neon Genesis Evangelion and stuff but Funimation Really took it to a point where it was like We need to focus on quality uh, When it came to it and what I mean what you definitely introduced uh, with, with, With the roles that you've been playing it's just like you're you uh like you were saying before like you're afraid that you're afraid of disappointing the people that were uh uh uh, of any of the roles that you're doing but that's why you you do it you take it like 110 percent so uh I kind of feel like uh when you take the when you're the way you take those roles so responsibly and so and so respectfully that like it definitely it definitely shows and definitely introduces uh it definitely introduces uh people to your your skills and like, cause someone will say, Hey, have you watched board? before it's like, Oh, that's the, that's Sher- uh, Jeremy Lee's character. Yeah. And like, you can't copy her. <laughs> you, you can't copy her later on in the future. I appreciate
1: that very much. <laughs> and, and yeah. you're right. I mean, I, Funimation has always been, and the other studios I've been uh, fortunate to work with Aniplex, Studiopolis mm-hmm. and beyond. Um, they have always said, yes, we're dubbing and it's a very technical process, but we don't want you to just do a copy and paste of what you hear. We 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 hired actors because we want their we want this to be real. We want it to feel authentic. And most of the time, um, with the um, with the dubbing process, they'll get the license, and the the Japanese creative team will say, "We want you to make this accessible for a Western audience." Which means sometimes the jokes don't land the same, and we want you to take that freedom and, and make it work for people that have never had any experience um, watching the Japanese uh, version or have never would never watch anime otherwise. We want mm. to expose them to anime this way to broaden the base and introduce more people to these stories. Uh, and I have loved getting to be a part of that process.
0: Mm-hmm. That's really, really cool. I mean, and that's only in the anime side. I mean, on the gaming yeah. side, it's even more. I mean, like, you're the voice of A2 from Nero Automata, one of my favorite games of all time and stuff. Yay. And you like... And it's just like, like, uh, it's actually got funny talking to you because I'm like, wow, she was very moody, grizzled, and like you know, <laughs> worn out, and just how bright. It's, <laughs> like, it's, just, it's actually pretty funny. Uh, so it's pretty, it's pretty. I was surreal. actually
1: terrified they were gonna fire me on the first day of that job. I I walked in wearing uh all black. I did. I was like, I'm not gonna smile. I had like, my hair is naturally straight. Uh, and so I was I just went in straight hair, didn't crack any jokes. And after like two sessions, um, I remember somebody from the the production team, the the studio that's worked with me before, they were like, Are you okay? And I was like, I'm just I'm just trying to be cool so they don't kick me out and say like, well, this is not what we hired. And they were like, please crack some jokes. Have some fun. They think you hate it here. And I was like, no, I love it. <laughs> uh, and that was kind of the same vibe with uh, with Cyberpunk. I was V um uh, is very different from, from me. And I, I am, am naturally just a person that's like, I am just happy to be here. I'm excited. I'm ready to play. I'm ready to have (laughs) fun. Um, and there's definitely an element of that to be, uh, but there was many times throughout where I was like, man, I will never be as much of a badass as this girl is. Um, And so I'm very, I've been very happy that people have responded well to her. I so love her. Uh, She's so cool. (laughs) And it's nice to get all of that like aggression and tough, you know, I guess oftentimes violent uh, uh, (laughs) words and emotions out so that you don't have to express it. In road rage on the way home. Like you're, you feel very, very very zen, and you can drive home, sit in traffic for two hours, and just go, I'll play a nice song it's not a foolproof <laughs> situation i can't say my road rage is completely under control but uh you live in
0: california so this will yeah. be a, it's a little tough so <laughs> yes, yes i understand totally you'll, understand you'll that. be
1: told you've got to check like three different traffic apps and then you just hope for the best they'll all say 45 minutes and it will take you an hour and a half to get there and you're like guys i'm like
0: great what am i supposed to do <laughs> Oh god. I it's just nightmares every time. Every time I go there, it's just nightmares. <laughs> but uh,
1: so many things. There's <laughs> so many great things about LA that I love, um, and then there's traffic.
0: Oh god, yeah. You know what's actually funny when they think about LA? It's like the one place I hate going is downtown. Like I really hate going to the LA Convention Center that area because. Yes. Oh my God, the price, just the parking and all that stuff.
1: I hesitate to say this, but I know every voice actor would agree with me because we've all had conversations about this before. They might say, why would you you share that information? But we all love um, getting to go to Anime Expo. We all love getting to see the fans. We all love getting Mm -hmm. to celebrate each other's work. We all love getting to watch. There's incredible panels. We love the entire experience. But the parking... And the commute yeah. to get down there. Nightmare. It makes all of us, we're always like, guys, we're running 10 minutes late. Stall for me. We're trying to find mm-hmm. parking. We're trying to, it, it is such a stressful process. Um, and of course, once you're once you're in and you're hanging out with everybody, you're like, this is such a fun weekend. Yeah. Uh, but every time we've had Sailor Moon Day and we've gotten to do a Sailor Moon panel, we get there at like nine o'clock in the morning and I will leave at like, six, 6 45, just Mm -hmm. to get there crazy, crazy early. And I'll know, uh, okay, I'll just get some coffee, uh, next to the Staples center. I'll walk over, I'll take my time. I'll do my, I'll do my makeup in the car. Um, but I, the last couple of years I've gone, I'm Ubering. I'm not going to look for parking (laughs) and then stress about that. Looking for parking could be an hour alone. And parking is like that.
0: 30 or $40. It's insane. It's insane. So I'm, I'm like, you like, know what? what?
1: Paying for parking or getting the Uber, it's all going to equal out to be about the same price. I'm just going to mm-hmm. do it. So we'll all car- carpool together and then Uber down there together. Uh, yeah. Safety in numbers. It's a nightmare,
0: to, it's, especially the it's crazy. the road. Like and then where they, they, whoever was the bright idea to say we'll make that road one way. So like so so like always. you can't do loop the loop or you can't do you can't circle around because the traffic it, is so slow. It's just most, terrible for
1: most downtowns in cities. When I've gone to conventions, everybody mm. is always like, oh, downtown wherever they are. <laughs> um, and I imagine that when the town was built. They're like, here's our courthouse. Everything will be here, and we'll have two streets. And then the town kept building. They're like, just add another street. It'll go the opposite direction. Uh, and so the, the downtown is like always the most confusing That's place true. ever.
0: Although I don't know, have you ever have you ever attended uh, like New York with Anime Fest? Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I love the Javits Center though. The Javits yeah. Center is great. Yeah. It's like it, we it's always. Like-
1: We've never stayed at, whenever I've gone um and and a uh, company has brought us out or the convention has brought us out. We've never stayed close to the Javits Center. Yeah, you're um, like a
0: mile or 2 miles yeah, away. And we just
1: walk and <laughs> yeah. we all walk together and It's all uh, good.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's New York,
1: it's safe to walk. Everybody's having fun. It's great.
0: it's just insane i love like that that like we were basically saying it's like saying la be like new york but it it will never be
1: (laughs) (laughs) they're two very different towns (laughs) very much so there's there's moments where i'm in new york and i'm like oh i wish they had this aspect to like la and then i'm like no you've got your own spirit and vibe and la's got its own spirit (laughs) and vibe dallas has its own spirit and vibe Mm -hmm. uh and and i feel like if they were too similar to each other i would miss part of the charm
0: that is true that is very true i will give it that and i mean that's i guess we're talking about conventions so i guess it's a pretty good question here and then um, sure. like when you go to the conventions i i know you're a fan of museums and you like to go to different ones when you attend events uh like what's one of the fa- like do you have any like favorites favorite places you like to go to when you uh when you attend or when you get yeah. the chance yeah
1: so i usually um if we can find time in the schedule and i usually make it a point to carve out time in the schedule I will try to go to a museum um, or to some sort of like educational place that lets me know a little bit about the city. Um, In Seattle, we went to an underground tour of like underground Seattle, which was really, really interesting, really fascinating. That's Um, awesome. That was really cool. Um, When I was in Vegas, um, my favorite museum in Vegas, um, and one of my Favorite museums ever is the uh, Neon Museum or the the Neon Boneyard, and it is all neon signs of Vegas, old yes. neon signs, and they put them around, and you can walk around. The tour guides are incredible, and I think part of the reason why I loved the Seattle one, or I, I love getting to do museum tours, and certainly the one in Vegas, if the tour guide is knowledgeable. Um, mm-hmm. And like entertaining when they're presenting the information, it makes such a difference in how you receive the stories and how excited you are. And those are two in particular, that the tour guides are incredible. Um, I love whenever I get to go to DC, I have to set aside time to go to, to, um, to any museum. Um, oh, nice. The The Holocaust museum is such a harrowing experience as it should be um but i think it is such an effective museum in really uh, really trying to help people understand with all of the senses kind of what that experience was like from the moment you walk in the door which i'm mm-hmm. i mean it is it's a, it's a hard museum to go through but i i recommend it to everyone because i i think it's such a it's such a well created well thought through museum experience um i love the uh the native Amer- american uh native american museum uh which mm-hmm. is a part of the smithsonian um so dc has incredible incredible museums oh, as, as one would think
0: yeah, uh, really so yeah go. those are
1: some of my all-time all-time favorites my i was gonna when my brother gets to go with me to dc um we are gonna do the spy museum but i i want to do that with him a
0: spy first. museum wow there's a
1: spy museum that's it's crazy. very cool
0: I wanted to go like uh, uh I was originally was planning on going to taking a trip to DC last year but uh because of like I, I, I like to call it the 2020 experience uh mm-hmm. we uh, yeah. uh, we basically uh had to put everything on hold uh so like uh totally. yeah but like Smith yeah the Smithsonian is the one place I've been wanting to check out uh the Aeronautics uh the space and air museum is one of the big ones. And it's, uh the It's incredible
1: the uh it is. And, and how they they each have their own um unique vibe to them. I mean they're very unique, different experiences. Mm. It's not like you walk into a museum and you think they all look the same. They're very uh they're very different. Uh, when I was in and Chicago, it's free, isn't it? uh I believe it is I know are. most of them, yes. The Smithsonian is. I don't know if all of them are, yeah, um, not but not I know the Smithsonian is. Um, the, one of my favorite museums that was very special, I got to go to uh Grand Rapids, Michigan in a convention and my aunt who passed away a few years ago, she was a curator at the Grand Rapids Art Museum. And so, uh I got to walk through that museum where she would walk every day. So that is definitely like an all-time favorite oh, wow. of mine. It was such a cool experience going, this is where she was every every day. This is where she'd get coffee. This and I kind of got to go through <laughs> uh her day which was really fun
0: that's pretty cool yeah that's really nice I like that um and uh like and uh just want to know uh, like uh kind of going back to your career though but uh yeah. yeah given your like own personality uh what role would you say is the complete opposite of you that you've done
1: so I I used to say um uh, when I when I worked on Bones, um, I did one episode of Bones and that character, I was like, I, when I read the script, I was like, I'm not getting this job. I don't I don't connect with this character at all. And I got the job and I was terrified because then I was like, how am I going to do this? I, I didn't connect with the script and I, I got hired. Um,
0: who'd you play, for, who'd you play in Bones?
1: I was um, in an episode called Spark in the Park. I uh, played a character named Rachel who may or may not have uh, been guilty of causing bodily harm to another human being uh, and it was <laughs> it was t- it was a terrible it was very a very hard episode to, to work on um, but it ended up being one of my most favorite experiences because I was so stressed and so anxious about doing a great job and making sure that they knew that they picked the right person and i I felt really inadequate and incapable of doing the job. And I remember the director uh, who Chad Lowe was directing that episode. Uh, I remember in one of the scenes, he's like, just let go. You got it. And I was so exasperated and so stressed that I just like took a deep breath. And I do not remember doing the take that they ended up using in the episode And then weeks later, I... Wow. It might have been years later, uh, I was talking to someone. I was like, yeah, I have no idea why I got cast in that. Like, I'm nothing like that character. And uh, then they said she was a crazy... She was, like, very much a perfectionist who loved her craft and um, did not feel like she could trust people because she'd been hurt in the past. And she felt really stressed Mm. and very unworthy. And I was like, oh, no. (gasps) There, there are aspects of that that I definitely connected to I would like to say and I really do believe this um, that I would never go as far as to uh, harm or kill someone um but uh, I, there have been there have been moments where the the desire to do something so well and to be so frustrated with myself that I'm not living up to expectations or I don't feel like I'm doing a good enough job that it gets me really angry at myself. And, and I, I kind of box myself into a corner of just feeling so depressed and sad and, um, hopeless. Uh, so that's been a character that, um, I didn't feel like I connected with. And I, Mm. when I think back to characters that I go, Oh, this character is very different from me. Uh, yeah, it's very different from what I exude on a regular basis, but when I start thinking about the emotions and the things that that character deals with, uh, I definitely deal with that in some shape, form, or fashion. I just don't express it. And so I'm very grateful to those characters because it kind of helps all of that stuff that I experience come to the surface so I can look at it and go, oh, that's there. Oh, you feel a lot of pain <laughs> regarding this. Let's fix this. Um, And I think if I, Mm -hmm. if I was nothing like that character or there wasn't something that I could learn from or gain from it, I wouldn't get cast. It would go to somebody else who would be able to have Mm -hmm. that sort of, um, that experience with the essence of a character. Uh, But that was one that in the beginning, I was like, what am I going to do? I, I don't, I don't connect with this character at all.
0: That's cool though. I mean, you definitely did something right though. I mean, yeah. obviously, like, I think you put too much. I think you you're too much pressure on up. yourself on some of these I, things. <laughs> always.
1: That that is probably the <laughs> mantra that I have heard the most from people is they go, "Share me. You're really hard on yourself. Just like take a breath. You're doing okay." Uh, which I'll say to other people all day long. I just got to remind myself of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, well that's. I mean, that's cool though. I mean, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. And I mean, and uh, you have like a very diverse palette of like, you know, uh, type of of all the type of characters that you played, and uh, like from Moody to very ditzy. I mean, you just you're just uh, all over the place when it comes to that. <laughs> uh, uh, you have like a, a like uh Do you have like a secret on how you get in the mood on your characters? Because frankly, it's it's quite amazing. Like one episode, you're like this, you're like a two, and then the next episode, you're Lucy Hartfellia and it's like, oh my god, it's like why is she like? It's night and day difference, you know. Well, I mean, thank like, you. Is there anything that you do? Uh-huh.
1: Um, well, I, I think it's just uh, a a natural thing that that we do as people. It certainly I do as a person. Is you have different facets of your personality that you're like. Well, I'll I'll show this version of myself to this group of people because this is where this is the version of me that they love and accept the easiest. And I'll show this version of my personality. So I think that that training of like how to present yourself in different situations definitely um, helps make it a little bit easier to uh, jump into one character without showing uh, another side. Um, certainly I, I love getting to play a, a wide variety of characters, especially when I get to do it in the same day. Like I just feel like I get mm-hmm. to do the whole spectrum of emotion, which is fun. Um, but a lot of things that inform uh, the writing informs it. The character design informs it. If I'm dubbing an anime, certainly the animation, what they're doing and how they're um, responding to situations, what their facial expressions are doing, um, how the other uh, people in the scene are responding. And I, I think once you, for me, once I talk to the director, once I talk to the producer and I kind of figure out what they want for this character in the arc of the, the series or the game or the film or whatever the case is. Uh, then I like just absorb it, say, okay, how do I as share me respond to that? And what does that look like for me? And uh, usually that's why we audition for everything. We will process that we do the audition. And if they say, yep, this person got the right vibe that we're looking for, that fits with the vibe of all the other people we cast then the the hard part and the most fun part is to get out of your own way of trying to isolate or control every situation, every scene, every line, and just like live in the moment, be present, and play and What's great about mm. uh being an actor in the process it's a collaborative process, hopefully um, and the director <laughs> will say, "Oh, I loved that. Can we try this or the the other actor in the scene?" gave a very unique read and they said, actually, this is a cool thing that this actor did. So let's try to balance off of that. So it's a, it's a fun molding of the clay and listening to them and, and playing and figuring out what, what works and what doesn't in that moment. Um, so how I make the switch is really just getting out of my way of needing to uh, control the situation and do my best and allow all of the other factors to help me mold the performance that works best.
0: That is cool. All right. Well, that's that's good. I love that answer. That's great. And uh, <laughs> last question here: um, is, if uh, is there a dream role, or is there? I mean, it could be something that happened already, or something that 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 you would le- that you're looking, something that you're wanting to play if, if the opportunity gives it. Is there a dream role that you always wanted to play?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's been a. I've been very lucky to have a, a couple dream roles. Some that I didn't realize were dream roles until I did them. Um, one thing that I really wanted to do, and I, I would love to be able to write a series and, um, or a film and produce and star in it. Um, Mm -hmm. it would be really cool, um, to get to, um, do like a historical fiction sort of piece. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that would be really fun. Um, another project that I really wanted to do, um, and, Thankfully, uh, we did a Kickstarter and the fans kickstarted the project. We did um, confessionals um, and I got to work on camera with a bunch of my friends that are voice actors and my husband wrote the episodes Um, and it was a fun thing. We enjoyed working on it. Uh, The fans were very, very supportive of it, Um, but it was, it was an additional level of like a pat on the back when we submitted it to a web series festival and we, we got so many nominations. And so it's nice when um, a, a community that doesn't know the anime industry, that doesn't know voiceover at all, loved it just for being a web series and they felt that it stood on its own. Um, so that was really cool getting to produce and create from behind the camera and in front of the camera um, and get to create more opportunities. Uh, so that, that would be a really, a really fun thing to get to do. I also, um, have been doing, uh, a couple years ago, I did a, uh, web series episodic project called love and light on, uh, an app called unlocked. And we did that for, uh, three years. We did like daily affirmation videos and I loved getting to do that because, um, finding ways to kind of reset and look at the world in a a way that gives me um, intent and a way to go through when life is hard, help me be present, help me stay focused. Uh, I love doing that. And it was really cool to get to see that I wasn't the only one. That was something that I was very hesitant to share and everyone responded to it really well. And so um, this past month, I was like, we're going to, I'm going to do it again. Uh, we'll see <laughs> if we can get it up on Patreon. And if people want it, and then we'll keep working on it. And everybody has been so supportive and responded really well to it. And I'm enjoying getting to do that. So. Um, yeah, I'm, uh, you find the dream rules when they show up in your inbox and you go, yeah. I didn't even know this was a thing. This was possible. I'm, this is what I've always wanted to do. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> it's like I didn't even know I wanted it until I just saw it in my yeah. inbox. So with, like, with,
1: like with, uh, with Sailor Moon, never knew mm-hmm. that I could even dream that I could work on Sailor Moon. Never mm-hmm. knew that I could even dream to be in a show like fairy tale and sword art online that would have hundreds of episodes that I would mm-hmm. get to. I, I never knew that working in anime and dubbing was a job and that people would want me to go to a convention in Australia or Japan or New Zealand or Ireland to hang out with people. Didn't know that that was a dream job, but <laughs> I've been able to live that dream job and I'm so thankful.
0: That's awesome. That's great. Hey, Jeremy, uh thank you so much for geeking out with me this, uh, uh, this episode. You really bet. appreciate it. It was so awesome to, to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Excuse me. Of
1: course. <coughs> it's so cold yeah. in your poor apartment. <laughs> you will have to get some hot tea and like curl up with a blanket.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, is there anything you'd like to plug? Anything that's coming up that you could announce? I know with um, TDAs and stuff, it's Yes. It's, it's kind of stuff. But
1: so, there so I mean, many things yeah. that I have to keep quiet currently. <laughs> um, bless you. Um, mm-hmm. I am doing uh, Soccer Wars that is on uh, Funimation's website now. Um, a film that I just realized uh, came out that I worked on, um, I finished working on it on my birthday last year in <laughs> quarantine, um, Marona's Fantastic Adventure, it was a very fun film to work on. Um, I worked on the English dub of Losing Alice on uh, Apple TV, mm-hmm. um, oh, and yeah. a couple, of course, Cyberpunk 2077 is out. Um, and uh, my Patreon page, uh, Love and Light. Um, so I'm I'm trying to get more uh, <laughs> present on social media. My Instagram is CLKstar and my Twitter is Cherami uh, Lee. I've found over the last year uh, when stuff gets really chaotic and stressful and heavy outside in the real world, the way I respond to it is by... Reading a bunch of books, reading articles, journaling, <laughs> and like becoming a little hermit in my little cave, and trying to learn as much as I can. Um, but then I realize, oh, wow, it looks like you've just disappeared off the face of the earth because uh, when during this quarantine process, we can't see each other in person. <laughs> right, so exactly. trying to be very mindful about balancing my my need to like be a hermit and learn <laughs> and try to grow and process everything. But also still interact with the rest of the world that is also uh, feeling very separate from each other. So it's all about balance.
0: I know what you mean on that. Like I think the biggest thing that I kind of got from this is because we we usually like to do interviews and stuff at events. Uh, personally, yeah. I I never liked doing that because we the I mean the events is very like you know it's speed. It's like it's like you have to be on the go all the time. Yeah. So uh, but, uh, but the thing I've I've kind of learned from the uh, from the pandemic alone it's like i love these kind of conversations because it's like we have we have no i mean we're i mean we have stuff to do but at the same time we actually have more yeah. to actually discuss kind of more casual at home level you know that Agreed. kind of thing so absolutely So, yeah yeah so oh, but it, no but it's like see i wouldn't even like if i saw you i'd probably get like 15 minutes as opposed to the hour though it's, so be yeah cool.
1: because usually like you said at, at events um the 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 people organizing the events will say like okay we're gonna block out X amount of time for interviews. <laughs> and so then they say like, well, how many people do, how many people want to interview this person? Okay, we'll break up that amount of time that we've allocated for them. <laughs> and so sometimes if it's a if it's a busy weekend and a project has just come out and there's a lot of people mm-hmm. that want to talk about it, they're like mm-hmm. five minutes. Um, I've had some <laughs> conventions where they'll say, we're putting you all into a room together. Yep. And it'll be like a, a, like a press room. Yeah, we'll do like a little junket. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets like two questions. Oh, <laughs> I, I love getting to talk to everybody because every, every person has their unique interpretation and their unique personal experience in the way that they've um, responded mm-hmm. to material and different things that they have uh, been more interested in. And so it's so hard to tell people like, what's the one question or the two questions that mean the <laughs> most? Uh, it, it seems so unfair. Yeah. You love getting to talk to people.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh man, I remember like the one uh, the one junket I remember that made me so mad. I was like I'm never doing junkets again Was uh, <laughs> uh, I went to like I went to AX. I think it was AX in 2016 or so. And uh I don't even know who it was. Was it Spiral Cats? Is it either Spiral Cats or or uh Kill a Kill? I can't remember what it was. But like uh uh, and so I went we went to the junket Oh no it was Spiral Cats it was definitely So we go up we go to the junket There's a group of people that are going to ask questions And then they come and tell us that we can't Use the audio for any Of what? the interview at all Yeah so they, were, they, said, they said Oh you could use you could script it but we don't want you to use the audio no. and i'm like why would, why would you do that <laughs> like why yeah. would you tell us this like 5 minutes before like yeah so i was oh, kind of stressful. i was kind of salty when it comes to yeah so i was like okay no more so you couldn't even anymore.
1: you couldn't even record it even for notes
0: well we recorded it for notes and then we scripted it but then like these junkets are like an hour long so it's yeah. kind of like you know and so you kind of or it's an hour to 30 minutes so it's kind of like you have to skip or you have to like place mark exactly where you were wanting or what you're wanting. And it's it's more work. So I was just like this was uh this was a little too much. It's like I like spiral cats. I just don't appreciate sure. what they're like I don't think it was them, oh, but it was so it was stressful. more like it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so but it was all good but <laughs> the digressing but, but uh <laughs> but, <laughs> sherry thank you so much for talking with me uh good as deal. like as always it was great to talk to you and uh guys thank you for stopping by checking us out on pop culture gems you can always check us out on any of the social media uh, i'm sorry not social media but uh, our podcast services apple google google podcast stitcher radio or go to uh, see the video interview of this on our youtube channel the cfg channel uh, and uh, we will be doing some more awesome interviews like Cherby. So once again, this is Davis signing off. Y'all take it easy. All cool.